If you would please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We are pressing on to the fifth chapter, dealing with verses 8 to 14 on the walk of light, which is a piece of walking worthy. Verse 8 and following. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when it is exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Father, help us to hear. Father, do not let us become legalistic with this section. But Father, help us become loving, compassionate, gracious brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. In your power and your glory. Amen. We begin in chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, walk worthy. Then the next thing we learn is that walking worthy means that you walk in love. And we looked at love, the love we are to love as Christ's love. Now we are looking at a section that deals with walking in light. Walking in light. And it came to us in a contrast, but yet it showed us the characteristics of the light. The contrast was, you were darkness. Because you were darkness... It, it doesn't mean you are a victim of darkness. It means you are a contributor of darkness. Okay? Because you were darkness. Okay? Please make a note of that because you got to note it does not say you were in the darkness. It says you were darkness. Okay? Before your salvation, there is no degree of darkness. You may have thought you were a morally okay person. You know, you had your flaws. You lusted after some people occasionally. And, you know, but I didn't steal anything. I didn't cheat on my spouse. I didn't didn't do any of them things. Okay? You know what? You're still no different than Adolf Hitler. Now, that's a shock. But when in darkness... It is to the degree that you follow the leadings of Satan and the plans and the dealings of Satan. Okay? Because I guarantee you, when you were in darkness, where you were darkness, you had pride. And in the kingdom of heaven, I'm trying to figure out what good that is. Okay? And yet, when I think about pride, I think that's what got Satan kicked out. I remember early in my faith, I used to be proud to be an American. I'm not anymore. No, it's not because of what's going on. I am thankful to be an American. Okay? 
So when I think about walking in light, I think about the contrast of before and after. We looked at the characteristics last week of light. They're really straightforward. And I concluded last week's message with this statement. Does your life pass the light test? Does your life pass the light test? Light test first. You know, there's a word and I missed this last week and I apologize. It says goodness, righteousness, and truth. Okay, goodness is how I deal with my fellow beings. Righteousness is my relationship to my King, my Lord, my Savior, my Creator. Truth is how I am with my own integrity. Okay, but I missed something. I apologize. Okay, it was written down on my notes, but my eyes are so good right now that I missed it. I was two pages ahead. I missed the small word. All. All goodness. The way the structure is in, then it's all righteousness. And it's all truth. Okay? You know, well, I was good for them, but they kind of used me, so I'm not... That's not how it reads. It's all goodness. When I deal with humanity, it's with all goodness. And and I shared with you last week, it's moral excellence. It's moral excellence. Okay? When it's righteousness, it's all righteousness unto God. Which means the standard of righteousness is what, not what you say it is, it's what He says it is. And truth means... You remember when the Apostle Paul said, my conscience finds nothing against me, so I don't care what you say? Okay, can you do that? Can you say, in all truth, my conscience has nothing against me? That gets a little prickly. Oops, we'll eat uh, almost all. Because here's the one I use. I don't know if you guys use this. It's more all than it was last month. Okay? I'm gaining in my all and my conscience not bothering me. A little bit at a time, but I'm getting there. Okay? So, does your life pass the light test? Okay? And... uh, if you're truly honest with yourself, that is the only way to evaluate your life. Here's God's standard. How do I look? Remember what the Apostle Paul and I read it to you in chapter 11, verse 1 of First Corinthians? Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, that's a serious light test. Okay, but it's not put in to the Bible because nanny, 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 you can't do it. Nope, it's not what it's in there for. It's not what it's in there for. And I had a guy one time, I said, I just want to be an imitator of Christ. Well, see, you're selling yourself short and all that. I said, no, 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 no. Paul was an imitator of Christ. I ain't selling nothing short. Okay? 
Now that I'm going to tell you this next statement. I wrote it down. I put a bunch of stars around it and smiley faces. You know what that means? It's really important. Okay, that's Terry's coding. Do not determine you are a Christian by past events. Do not determine you are a Christian by past events. Okay? I've got a guy that I'm ministering to. For all intents and purposes, he's a drunk. He's a well-controlled drunk, but he's still a drunk. Okay? He was... I don't know. Some of you may not even remember. When Billy Graham was at Mile High Stadium... Anybody remember that? I remember that. Yeah. I went up to it with a friend who was trying to get me to smuggle Bibles into Nepal. I talked myself out of that. But anyway, we went to the Billy Graham crusade. This is kind of cool. Heck, a lot of people there. But ah, whatever. Well, this guy I know, he got saved there. He got saved there. He don't look like it. Okay? He's a good-natured guy. I mean, he'd do anything in the world for you if he can stand. Okay, But I finally got down. I said, let me tell you something about salvation. Because he keeps trying to talk himself in that he's saved. And I keep saying, I said, well, here's the problem. I said, you, you think you're saved. And if I tell you you're not, then you're going to tell me I'm probably something obscene. I said, but i got one question for you. Why do you drink? Well, it takes the pain of life away. Sometimes it makes me feel a little better. Sometimes I get a little more joy, spring in my step. But, you know, most of the time it's because, you know, I hurt and so I drink. I said, you know that's idolatry, right? What? Yeah, idolatry is anything that I put in front of God. And how can you be a habitual idolater and be one of His? Very simple, very easy. And listen, we can look at it and say, he's a drunk. Well, I've seen people do it with people. I've seen people do it with cars. I've seen them do it with motorcycles. I've seen them do it with events. You know, I love skiing. I love backpacking. I love whatever, rafting, kayaking. I love, you know what? Be careful that it ain't an idol. Be careful that it's not an idol. So does your life pass the light test? Is there goodness to every human being you come with? Is there all righteousness unto God? Hold it up to the light. See if it passes the test. And if you're trying to base your salvation off a past event, you have deceived yourself. Okay? Salvation is not a past event. It is a present and future growth. Let the light expose every action in your life, every decision that's in your life, and every motive of your life. How does it look in light? 
It's an interesting concept if you think about it. He says, you know, um, verse 13, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. When the light is on it, it exposes my motives. When the light is on it, it exposes my decisions. When the light is on it, it exposes my actions. That's what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us. We need to have actions, decisions, and motive illuminated by the light of Christ. And you know what? You should be eager to have it done. Now think about it. I don't know how much you guys travel. I've traveled quite a bit in airlines. And when you get on an airline, well, most of the time, you take your bag and you throw it on that conveyor belt and they do what? They x-ray it. They expose the inside to that little screen And you know what? You're not worried about it. Not only that, in this kind of weird society we're in right now, you're kind of happy about it. Because if you know that, then everybody else is getting theirs exposed. And it's like, well, there ain't no bombs. Right? Well, and and you know what? I always got tickled. They said, did you pack this bag? No, I just found it. It was sitting out there and it looked like the clothes would fit me. Okay, I mean, that's a goofy question, don't you think? Has this bag been in your possession? No, it just keeps following me. I can't get rid of it. Okay, but you want it done, right? Search my bag. There's nothing in there. Now, when I was flying out of Moscow, they always did it. And I was always trying to get these little bottles of hot sauce. Oh, golly, it was so good. And every time I'd put one or two bottles in there, they'd take them. Contraband, I guess. Okay, so I got smart the last time I was there. I put like nine in my bag. And they got three, and I got the rest of them home. Okay, but it didn't bother me. It's not like I'm smuggling bombs or guns. All right, go ahead, search my bag. Okay, as a Christian, you should be the same way. Yeah, search me and know me. Put me in the light. Put me in the light. Because you know what? I never worry about what's going on with my bag through x-ray. That's the way it should be with every Christian. I should not be worried about being exposed to God's light. Having the light reveal what we are verifies the truthfulness of our identity. We are children of light. And you know what? If I'm a child of light, I want it exposed. I want it to be seen. I want God to look at it first. And then I know that I'll radiate Him. Which means I get doors open that I would have never dreamed of. And those of you know how we have managed to reach around the globe. I'd have never dreamed that. Listen, I was kicked out of a country. They pulled my passport, locked me in a room, and until my plane showed up, they're not giving me my passport, and it's stamped in there, rejected. Great big red letters was in my passport. My first trip to Russia, they wouldn't let me in because that old passport said, 
He got kicked out of Columbia. That takes a lot to get kicked out of Columbia. Okay, but I got kicked out. And I hadn't had a passport for probably 10, 15 years, 20 years. And they said, no, you got kicked out of Columbia. So we went back around. I filed for another passport, and it went through. But I was wanting to go to Jordan, the country of Jordan, but I couldn't go. You know why? I had an Israeli stamp. You can't go. Why? He'd been to Israel. But it's still exposed. Now, I would have never dreamed of teaching pastors in Russia or Georgia or Azerbaijan or in Israel. I didn't. Yeah, right. I never before Christ, I never left this country with legal intentions. But yet, when I go to Azerbaijan, they said, do not carry, lay Christian literature out in your room and keep your Bible concealed so nobody can see it. And you're sitting there going, Lord, I'm here under legal con- ideas, so don't let me get arrested. Okay? Are we willingly able to bring ourselves to the light so it may prove our lives? It can be tricky sometimes, don't you think? See, we looked at the contrast, and let's be realistic, the contrast is easy. I mean, dark light. Really? Okay? And he says, you're not like that anymore. You're not dark anymore. You're light. So joyfully, willingly, with great pursuit and anticipation, live in the light. Live in the light. If you're living it, the characteristics of all goodness... All righteousness and all truth will be evident to all people. These will verify to others. But you know what else is cool? It'll verify it to self. It'll verify it to self. You are walking as a child of light. Okay? So, beyond walking as a child of light, look at the first part. Uh, verse 11, we have a command. Okay, please, it is not written as a good idea. It is not written as a suggestion. It's not written as motivation. It is written as an emphatic command. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. It's, it's most like the Apostle Paul. He's, it's, he's, he's given you the contrast. He's given you the characteristics of the light. Okay, But it's like 
in case you don't get this or it isn't clear yet, what I'm trying to get to you, what I'm saying to you, based on the contrast, you are so different. You are 180 degrees opposite of what you used to be. You hear what I just said? People question salvation. You should. Why? It is 180 degrees opposite of what you normally were. And if that's not there, then you need to go back to step one. You are verifying the life of Christ in you. Remember in chapter 3, 14 through the end of the chapter, I pray that the Holy Spirit will strengthen the inner man so that Christ in you will be at home, comfortable, at ease, and that the fullness of God will be in you. And you will do exceedingly abundantly. You are verifying that. You are involved in goodness. All goodness. You are involved in all righteousness and in all truth. You were dark. Now you have absolutely no fellowship with that. The word there, participate. New American Standard translates it participate. It's an interesting word in the original language. There's a word that you know. Well, some of you know. Koinonia. Okay, it's the term that we use for fellowship. Okay, it's a koinonia. It is a, it's an intimate fellowship. We know each other's hurts. We know each other's anniversaries. We know each other's birthday. Happy birthday, Judy. <laughs> See, we know all of these things. All right. Why? It's an intimate relationship. We, 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 we know each other's kids. We know each other's families. We, we know, we know who likes dogs, who doesn't. We know who's got cats and who doesn't. We just, we just know these things. It's more than just saying, Hey, neighbor, it's koinonia. That's koinonia. Well, this isn't the word here. <laughs> It is a base word, koinonia, but it's called soon koinonia. Okay? The soon in front of koinonia is a presupposition. Okay, what it does is it intensifies it. What he's saying is, I don't want you to have any intimate fellowship. Okay? It's going to the complete opposite of koinonia. I don't want you to even touch elbows with it. I don't want you to be involved in that sin. So let me give you some ideas about this. Okay, I need you to be real careful about it. Because this can make a legalist out of just about anybody. Alright? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 to 11. Paul writes, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. Okay, there's that word. I don't want you to associate. I don't want you to participate. I don't want you to associate. Okay? Verse 10. I did not at all mean with immoral people of this world. 
or the covetous and swindlers or idolaters, or then you would have to go out of the world. What makes sense, Paul? Verse 11, But actually I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is immoral and an immoral person or covetous or idolater or reveler or drunkard or swindler not even to eat with such a one hmm so-called brothers if they live like the devil I don't even want you to eat with them I told you guys and I've well I've told two of you guys my greatest heartache right now that that I just can't seem to shake is the people that I know who believe they're saved and their lives don't say so. I mean, that, that breaks my heart. You know, you talk to them, you try to share with them, you try to encourage them. And, you know, I've learned over the years, those are the hardest people to reach because they think they are. And I know they're not because when you challenge it on it, they get mad. If somebody challenges me on, are you really saved? I'm going to take that as a blessing. Because it's obvious something that I'm doing is causing a problem. But if the person ain't saved, and they think they are saved, and you question it, and the response is... uh, something on the level of anger, then you know you were right. Okay? I remember years ago, I was teaching through this, and I told people, you know, don't ever ask me unless you want me to give you the answer. And you know what? No one has ever asked me. It's kind of funny. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14 says, If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of that person. And there it is again. Do not associate with him so that he will be put to shame. Okay? Then one other verse I'll give you. 1 Corinthians 15. Funny how Paul adds these to the end of his letters. Oops. This is for all of us. Make a note. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Starts off with a great statement. Don't be deceived. You know what that means? You can be deceived. (laughs) He says, I don't want you to be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Listen, I do not consider myself a spiritual giant, but I do know that in my life, God has taken me away from people who had bad morals, and he isolated from me. He strengthened me in my faith and convictions. He strengthened me in my comprehension of Scripture. Then he slowly would bring these people back into my life. But... He never gives me a lot of time with them. Okay? 
It's in, I deal with it, and then I'm back out again. Okay, now listen, I'm smart enough after these years. See that gray on my beard? That's the little wisdom that I have. Okay? I'm smart enough to know I don't need to be around that a lot. Okay, whatever it is. Okay? But I also know that I have enough confidence in this book that I can go in and I can come back out. But I never spend time. Okay? Now, I know people who think that if I spend time with them, then I can... And you know what? You're deceived. Let me guess. Your faith and walk is greater than mine? You really believe that? I don't look at it from that perspective. I look at it, I have a lot of lost people in my life. But by the grace and mercy of my God, He's smart enough to say, you don't spend a lot of time with them. Because if you do, guess what? Your language will change. Your morals will change. Okay? Your view of humanity will change. And then all of a sudden you'll find that you're not walking in all goodness and you don't want to think about righteousness with God and your conscience is bugging you so the truth is sort of... Jeez. I move in and I move out. I mean, I don't like much more than an hour and a half to two hours. Every once in a while I get... Jacked up a little bit. I was fixing an outlet for a guy up off of uh, Lake Gulch Road. It turned into a disaster. And I ended up spending about four and a half hours with him. He was moving around and in and out of his cows and weird stuff like that. So I basically had to deal with this one fly. He kept trying to get in my ear and then, you know, get my job done. Okay? But it's easy to listen to people and all of a sudden you sound like them. And he says, do not be deceived. You will be corrupted. You will be corrupted. It's, it's kind of, I kind of liken this. You can put a room full of Yankees together. Okay, what I mean, northerners. Put them all together. And you can put one southerner in the middle of them. Okay. And in two hours, who comes out saying y'all? Right? And it only takes one. It's the same thing. Be clear of it. Paul is telling you and me, if we're going to walk worthy, we don't get involved with sin. And I know there's times you may see a brother, or I'll use Paul's term, a so-called brother or sister who has fallen into sin, and you think, oh, I've got to help them. I've got to help them. Got news for you. You can't. You ever wondered this? If a Christian is in rebellion against God, and you, you confront him the first time, and they don't change, you confront him the second time, you don't change, you know what you do to him the third time? Set them outside the church and have Satan teach their flesh a lesson. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. To punish a Christian 
You set him outside of the church. Have you ever looked around at the people who willfully set themselves outside of the church? You know what you just told me? You are deceived. And because you're deceived, you would rather spend time with darkness. What a strange picture, biblically, than what we see today. Listen, don't get involved with the unfruitful actions of the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Okay, I use that word because it says, I have no intimate fellowship. Okay, (laughs) it doesn't mean... I don't have intimate fellowship with darkness. Okay? It doesn't mean... It's like Paul said, I'm not saying the world because then you have to go out of here. But do I spend more time with darkness or do I spend more time with light? Well, you don't understand. I work eight hours a day. Then spend nine hours a day in the light. Listen, there are times that I have... When you go do a funeral at a bar, okay? As an old friend of mine used to say, you had better be prayed up. Okay? And you have to ask yourselves this. Have you ever done a biker's funeral? Whoop, whoop. Interesting. Hmm, this is going to be weird. And yet I've done both multiple times. But I'm also smart enough to know I had better be getting a whole bunch of light in my batteries before I walk into that thing. Okay, I don't know about you, That's scary for me spiritually. And if you think you can go do it, I'm glad you're so brave. Because I'm at least smart enough to say, don't linger here. And sometimes that's hard. If you've got a lady there who's just lost her husband, and she's got the kids with her, and little girls... And they're all, everybody's getting hammered and she's crying and all the rest of it. Of course, if you do alcohol, you don't get more depressed, do you? So, you know, you just go down the line, you're sitting there going, oh, I got a whole bucket full of crybabies. And all I know is that I want to get out of here. But you try to comfort them and then you do the Timothy thing. Flee! <laughs> well, I did. Okay, but... I've been around long enough to say, I can't stay in that. Can't stay in that. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us. See, I know that darkness does not help light. You understand that? I can't take a little bit of darkness and make my light brighter. It's like putting your light on a dimmer. Listen, the world 
has an ignorance towards God. Okay? I, do you hear him talk? Well, I'm not even God. Yeah, I can tell. You better hope you don't get to see him. The world is also ignorant of its own immorality. It's the way you're supposed to be. There is no place for that in our lives. And we are to have no part of it. Don't go near anybody. All right? We teach the people. I reach out to the lost. I reach out to them almost daily. Okay? I guarantee you, probably 80% of the things that people that I deal with on a weekly basis are lost. Even some who profess Christ, they're lost. Okay? But I'm also smart enough to know I'm leaving their sin alone. Listen, I don't even want to hear about your sin. I don't want you to tell me about it. I don't want you to explain. I don't need any of that. Nope. I'm going to go, you see Jesus? He can forgive you. Listen, your witness will be stronger and greater if you're not involved. If you get involved with the sin, it'll destroy your testimony. And you know how fast it does it? Ask yourself a question. When a pastor or a church leader or something falls in sin, how quick does it spread? I mean, that is the one time that every news station is carrying the message. You ever notice that? I don't care if it's conservative or liberal. It doesn't matter. Such and such the preacher has done da da Why? Because then you and I get tossed into it. Remember 1 Corinthians 5. Do not fellowship with those that are in the church who are practicing this. Had people say, well, you know, they're living together and in God's eyes, that's just like being married. And you're like, do what? (laughs) How does that work again? You know, you need to explain that to me because I ain't getting it. Listen, when it comes to lost people, don't do what they do. And if you're not strong enough, if you find that within a couple of minutes your language changes, run. Because God's showing you you're not ready. I have people, I met the vice president of the Sons of Silence. Well, actually, he came here one Sunday. And his comment to me, I've run into him numerous times. He's a nice guy. I wouldn't want him to be my enemy, but he's a nice guy. Okay? And he says, the one thing I've noticed about you, he says, I've never heard a profane word come from your mouth. And I remember one time we were sitting at a shop up at, at my, or not, what is it? Yeah, Mahai, Denver, Harley. And we were up there 
And this guy knows me. He calls me the preacher. And he comes up and he tells me this off-color joke about Jesus. So I'm just standing there. The vice president's standing there with me. So the guy got done. He's doing the ho, 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 ho. And I looked at him. I said, am I supposed to laugh now? And it was like, oh. Okay. See how it works? You don't get into it. God brings me in. He brings me out. Brings me in. Brings out. And what I've learned is I'm not going to force the issue. Well, I really need to stop. No. God opens the door. I walk through it. Because if he opens the door, guess what? you got to get around my angelic host. Knock yourself out. To the lost, we show them the light. We show them all goodness. We show them all righteousness. And we show them all truth. But we are non-participants in the world's affairs. Listen, I'm just passing through. They're just passing through. Do you understand how practical this is? I mean, it's so simple and it's being practical that you just sort of sit there and go, huh. Now, I know that, you know, we work and we have to involve, but do you see what I'm trying to get at? If you're going to be in it, For a length of time, you had better be in a whole bunch of light before you start. As my friend says, you best be prayed up. You best be prayed up. Do not fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness. That's what he said in verse 11. Why? We have no part in that system. No part in that system. Fruitless, dark system. Why would I want to be involved? What would it, that add to me? Nothing. It'll ruin your testimony. And I guarantee you, eventually, and it's probably a lot quicker than you'd ever, ever want to admit to, it will crush you. You'd like to think that, well, I think I could handle this. No, you can't. No, you can't. Sturgis is coming up. Some of you guys know. Guy came here a couple of times. And he said, so you're going up for the 80th? And I said, well, I was thinking about it, but I've got other things to do. He said, well, you might as well come up for a few days. And I said, well, no, I should be on the other side of the Mississippi by then. And he looked at me and he said, well, if you change your mind, you can come up. I said, Charlie, you go up for a reason that is so foreign to me now. I don't think so. I don't think so. I said, if you want, bring me back a t-shirt. He said, well, you know it. And I was like, no, Charlie, I know what Sturgis is. I've been there a whole bunch of times. And I said, you know what? It doesn't have an interest. I don't, there's nothing there that, you know, I'm in. No, there's nothing there. Well, you know, they've got concerts. I said, yeah, the only one showing up is ZZ Top. And I've seen them about nine times before I got saved. And I doubt if they've changed. 
See? Why? No. No. Do not fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It is a fruitless, dark system. You know what that means to me when I see the word fruitless? It's a waste of time. Darkness cannot assist light. We walk through this place of lies. Paul says, no fellowship. Have no fellowship with that. Okay? But, okay? See, it's easy right now to say, well, I think that monk thing might be a good idea. Okay? No, there's a commission. The second half of 11 through 13. And we'll pick that up next week. Father, we love you. We thank you. We come this day to think about your uh, your table, the Last Supper. Father, uh, as we eagerly wait to re- celebrate it in your presence, Father, I pray that as we hear from the Apostle Paul, we understand we have no fellowship with this place. Father, we are here for such a time as this. But Father, we are here to be a light, not a dim light but a bright, shining light of hope, peace, love, and joy. Father, I pray for these people and myself that we will walk in all goodness, we will walk in all righteousness, and we will walk in all truth. We love you, Christ's name.